We just want to open up God's Word here today and, and begin this, this brand new series and this journey that we're going to, to start today. And, but before we do that, I just want to pause and I just want us to pray just for a moment here. And then we'll get into our time of teaching. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that you have brought us here today together. And I pray as we gather here that, Lord, that you will unify and strengthen this body so we can go out and accomplish your purposes and your mission here in our community, locally and even globally. Thank you that you've heard our prayers here today. We just, we lift these people up. We lift up Lydia and Bill as they continue to to look for a care aide and a support worker for Kalina. Lord, we know there's, there's people out there, and we ask that you just connect the weavers with this person, and Lord, it will be the right fit. Lord, bless them. Lord, you know the extra burden that they've been um, carrying and the responsibility, Lord. And I, and I pray as you continue to, to bring that person into their lives, Lord, give them... Give them perseverance, give them endurance, give them strength each and every day, Lord. Let them trust that you are working on this and that you have not forgotten about them. We pray for Greg and his continued treatment, Lord. Thank you for how this treatment is working in his life. But Lord, we pray for the shingles that he's had. And we pray that he will fully recover from this, Lord. And it won't affect his treatment. It won't affect the progress that he's making. But Lord, that... Um, you will keep him away from any other, any other viruses that he, can, that he can catch, Lord. Lord, protect him, keep him safe during that time. And we think of Gala and her family as they just lost a loved one. Lord, just be with them. Lord, allow your spirit and allow your presence to be felt in this family, Lord. Give them comfort and peace that can only come from you in a time like this. Lord, give them hope. Give them hope during this time as they grieve. Just bless them, encourage them, just love on them during this time. And as we open up your word, we just ask that that you give us the ears to hear you speak to us today. Lord, as we look into your word, we just want to see Jesus and only Jesus here today. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Well, I'm just wondering if you were this person when you were a parent. Or maybe if you weren't, maybe at least you thought about it. That you either you went or you thought about going to your local pet store. And you go in there to buy a leash. But the thing is, you don't have a dog. And, and this leash is not for a dog, but it's for your child. Were you ever that person? Where, did you ever think about that, depending on how your, your kids, when they're young, running off and, and, and you just felt they need to be connected to something else? I know I did. Now, don't judge me on that, because I know I'm definitely not the only one. Um, I know I did. You know, that leash that you put on your child to keep them close. Never th- I never thought I would be that person or that parent. And it seems like beforehand, I would kind of judge those parents and say, really, a leash? Can't you take care of your kids properly? And then you become a parent and you think, oh, okay. It makes sense now. I get it. 
because now I'm thinking of doing it. I know my parents did. Um, it wasn't to me because, of course, I, I was the poster child. But it was for my, it was for my brother. Um, where they, I don't know if they bought a leash <laughs> or my dad just got a, a long piece of rope and tied it to him. And they tied it to our porch um, because my brother, he would run out close to the sidewalk and close to a road. And we lived on a busy road and, and he just wasn't listening to them. And so they felt, you know, if we're outside, you know, we want him to be safe. So they put this leash on him. And, and me as the poster child and very bright and smart little kid, I realized that I, I was free to roam wherever I wanted. And, and I quickly realized how much space my brother was allowed with this rope, with this leash. And I would get him going, and I'd have him chase me, and, and I would run right to this line, and the rope would catch him, and he would fling back. You know, decades ago, it was called a leash. Now, if you Google it, there are more socially acceptable terms for it, like child safety harness. But let's be real, it's, it's a leash. And before Amazon, you would actually have to go into a pet store, right? And go and get one. You would go in and you ask that kid behind the counter, where are your leashes? And, and obviously, they're trained that they would answer you back, well, what, kind, what type of a dog do you have? Because they have different leashes for different dogs. And you were like, well, I don't have a dog, really. And you kind of go and you go into that leash aisle. You pick one out for your toddler. And of course, you know the, the looks of judgment you're going to receive. And the thing is, I, I remember that my brother got comfortable wearing his child safety harness. But there came a time for him to actually lose that leash, though. That he had to learn to be obedient and listen and understand the boundaries that we're allowed to roam in. Because it was safe. And at some point, he had to lose the leash. And I think, as I think about this new year, 2022, and it's going to take me a while to get used to saying that, it always does. For some of us, it needs to be a time where we cut that leash loose in our life. We've gotten comfortable, though, right? In a a lot of different ways in 2021. We've become more self-focused, I think, in some ways. Self-preservation maybe would describe us a little bit more. We're thinking of ourselves and our immediate future a little bit differently and even with our de- dealing with our own health. And some of the, all of that is fine and it's good and it's appropriate, but maybe, maybe we just, we need to cut that leash. We need to be set free to not focus so much on ourselves. Instead, Maybe we need to start focusing on the needs of the people around us. Maybe that is really what God is calling us to be in 2022. I know when we start a new year, our tendency is to focus on ourselves, right? New habits like going to the gym, exercising, dieting, doing this, doing that. But as we begin this new year... What I want us to do is, instead of focusing on resolutions and focusing on ourselves, 
I want to take the attention off of ourselves and put the attention on the world that is around us. Because this is what I believe. I firmly believe that God, what God wants to do this year is that he wants to unleash the church to accomplish his purposes in 2022. There came a point for the disciples where they needed to actually cut that leash, right? They were used to having Jesus around them all the time, right? They, they slept to, together. They ate together. They traveled together. They talked together. They did ministry together. And they, they were used to having Jesus around them all the time. And they got comfortable, and then we know that Jesus was beginning this process to start preparing them for what life was going to be like without him there physically when he went back to heaven. They were still on mission. They were still to go out into the whole world, but he wasn't going to be physically in person with them anymore. So in Matthew 28, Jesus gives them this unleashing commission to go out. And this is what he says to them. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always. They were unleashed. This was kind of like their, his final command to them, essentially. And they were unleashed. They were sent out. They were sent out to change the world. So what we're going to do in this series, we're going to be looking at the church and how God unleashed them in the early days. And we're going to be in the book of Acts as we start this new year. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to, to Acts because this is where we're going to be today and for the next several weeks. The book of Acts records for us all of these unleashed stories of how the early church actually turned the world upside down. Like, have you ever wondered how that all happened? Like, did you ever wonder how it was this small group of Jesus followers and they changed the world? Like, how did that happen? Well, we're going to study in the book of Acts over all these, uh, these upcoming weeks in our series that I've entitled Unleashed. And one of the things we talk about around here at First Baptist is a mission for us to connect people to Jesus and to one another. And a way we can go about accomplishing that as a church is this, to unleash the full force of the church to love people one at a time. Remember the challenge that I gave to us years ago, right? About picking four people. And just investing in them. Loving those people one at a time. And how that will impact our community. How's that going? And I believe God wants to unleash us to love people one at a time. And this is what we want to be about in 2022. I believe this is how we have gospel impact. How we impact and influence the world around us. And if you really study the gospels... This is what you will see consistently. 
This was the ministry model of Jesus. Jesus had a very short amount of time here on earth to change the world, and he did it by loving people, by caring for people one at a time. And so much of the Gospels are written that way, and we're going to see that in the book of Acts as well. It's one story after another after another of the church caring and loving people one at a time. And I want to make sure that we understand that the early church changed the world, not because, not because they, were, they were a handful of highly educated or politically powerful or ultra-wealthy influencers that made all that happen. That's not the story of the church. The story of the church would be a united group of everyday, ordinary people coming together in unity for something bigger than themselves. That's the story of the church. Ordinary people being used by God in extraordinary ways. And you hear me say that all the time. And I believe in this season that we're in, we're going to have this opportunity to live that out in ways that many of us have never experienced before. I, I know, we hope 2022 would have started differently. And hope that by now, we'll be out of restrictions and lockdowns and things like that. But in the midst of all of this, the church has this unique opportunity to shine this bright light. If we can come together and unleash the full force of the church and love people one at a time, the gospel will advance. I guarantee you that. The light will shine brightly. That's what I want us to be about in this coming year and beyond. And I really truly think that's what we all want deep down, right? Like deep down, we want to be difference makers. Like deep down, we're not, but even though we want that, we're not always sure what we can do. But we want to do something. And in this series as a church, this is what we're going to be focusing on. How do we come together to make a difference in the world during this time? And for us to embrace that one of the shifts that needs to take place for us to understand all this is what the Bible calls the priesthood of all believers. It's a biblical teaching that we believe here at First Baptist and being in the Canadian Baptist denomination. This is the biblical teaching that the mission of the church is not just on the is not just the sole responsibility of pastors and missionaries, but it's for all of us. It's all of us. It doesn't work if only if 80% of the church thinks, well, you know what, the church exists for me. It exists for me and, and my entertainment so that I can receive. It won't work that way. It can't work that way. To be the church that God has called us to be, it means this year, you're not just going to attend, but you're going to engage. That's what we need to do this year. It means that your mentality this year is not just to receive, but it is to give. This is the priesthood of all believers. It means you're not just going to sit, but you're going to come to serve. The title of this message today is, unqualified to unleashed. Because I think the leash that holds us back a lot of the times is that we actually feel unqualified to do anything. It, it's this equation. 
You know, when we start to do the math in our own head, we add up all of our inadequacies and then we multiply them by all the mistakes that we made and then we look around at the problem and we come to the conclusion, we're not the answer. We're not the answer. It's not that we're not unwilling, it's just that we don't feel qualified. And maybe that's because you think you have the wrong pedigree, maybe. Like you... Like you may not have grown up, you, like you may have grown up in a home that might have been broken. You didn't grow up studying God's word or going to church. So you feel like you're, you're just kind of disqualified right from the very beginning. Maybe you feel like you have the wrong resume. You can't really point to any moment in your life where you made this spiritual, this significant spiritual impact in the life of someone else. But here's what we're going to see as we study through Acts. It's really what we see throughout, throughout Scripture in general, is that God loves to unleash the unqualified. That is a common thread that runs throughout all Scripture. God loves to unleash the unqualified. He loves to demonstrate His power in our weakness. He loves to take that very thing that you feel like most disqualifies you and use that. Use that for His good. Use it for his glory to accomplish his purposes here. It's in some way, it's in some way the one thing everyone in Scripture who's used by God in extraordinary ways, they have one thing in common is that they all feel ordinary. They all feel unqualified. And two of the people that we're going to study here today are Peter and John. And I want us to keep in mind that they didn't apply for this job to lead the church. They didn't have an interview. They didn't apply for this. They didn't seem qualified, really, right? In fact, if you look at them, it's easier to make a case that they were actually unqualified. Think about Peter. Very impulsive. He had a gift of saying the wrong thing, the wrong thing at the wrong time. And yet, what you find with Peter, he's in some ways the primary spokesperson for the church. If you look at his life, though it doesn't seem like there's anything there that will qualify him for that. Then you think about John. Before he became a follower of Jesus, he he was known for having a very short temper and this anger issue. So much so that he was given a nickname called the Son of Thunder. That was his nickname. And yet you see John become more and more about love. It took a while. But you get to the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. The theme is love. God's love for us. Our love for one another. And all that's coming from the Son of Thunder. The very thing that seemed to disqualify him, God transformed that and unleashed him. So I want to look at a story with Peter and John. And I want, and I want to pick up in the middle of the story in a moment where they are just they're standing trial. And then we're going to go back to the, be- to the beginning of the story and work our way back. Here's what the ruling council realized about Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. We're going to be in Acts 3 and Acts 4 today. So Acts chapter 4, verse 13. This is what they realized when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary people. They were unschooled and ordinary, they said. 
The word ordinary comes from the Greek word idio, idios, idios. Kind of we know where we get our English word idiot from, right? It wasn't as an insult as it was today. But they're, what they're really saying that is that Peter and John, they're, just, they're not qualified. They're not qualified to do what they're doing, but yet they are doing it. And I was thinking about some of the unwords that make us feel unqualified. And maybe it's not unschooled, but maybe it's untalented or uninspiring or unexperienced or under-resourced or unprepared or uncertain or unattractive. Maybe it's uncompelling or maybe it's unemployed. Maybe it's unessential or unequipped, unexciting or unworthy. I have to be honest with you, I came up with that list very quickly. You want to know why? Because I can relate to probably all of them. There's a big one for me in, in there and I saved it to last and that's unworthy. I feel that way. I feel unworthy. Almost every time I'm on this stage before you, I feel unworthy. And I have to remind myself every single time, I'm not worthy, but Jesus makes me worthy. Maybe, you know, unequipped, unprepared. I can be honest with you, it describes a lot of 2020 until now for me. And I really hate to say this, but I have no idea what I'm doing. A lot of days, is, that is what I feel like. I just, I'm unprepared and I'm unequipped to lead this church, but lead this church through this pandemic. But here's where we find confidence. We don't earn this. We don't qualify ourselves. It's Jesus who qualifies us. And that is what we're going to see as we look in the book of Acts, is that God loves to take people who are unqualified and unleash them for his purposes. In Acts 3 and 4, here's the story. It starts with compassion. These two ordinary, unschooled guys show extraordinary compassion. In Acts chapter 3, we find Peter and John, they're heading to church, they're heading to the temple. And outside those temple courts is a beggar. And he's asking for money. And we pick up the story in Acts chapter 3. And we see this in verse 2. It says, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Peter and John, they're walking by. And the beggar cries out, And this is what happened. Verse 4. It says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. This isn't really what we tend to do, is it? Think about the homeless people that you might experience here in Port Alberni as you're walking by or in, in any other city. This isn't what we tend to do, is it? We tend to not look, Right? We tend to keep our eyes straight ahead, that if I just keep my eyes straight ahead, I can, it's just easier for me to walk by. I don't, if I, if, because we feel if we connect like that, we're going to feel like we have to say something or do something. 
We do our very best to avoid eye contact, don't we? We all do it. We all have been guilty of it or are guilty of it. And the language being used here is that there was this glare. That's what, that's what it's suggesting, that there was this glare. But it wasn't a harsh or critical look. But it was an intentional look. They're seeing the person. And I have to think for that beggar, it was not something that was normally practiced for him. People walk by all the time. And they look at him. But they don't see him. And that's the difference here. And here's what's interesting. It says he had been there every day. Peter, John, and Jesus, even by the way, must have walked by this man many times before going into the temple. This probably wasn't the first time that they had seen him, but this time they stopped. And they looked at him. Because for whatever reason, it's the right time to speak and to do something for him. I know that as we begin this new year, it is the right time for many of us to live this way. Where we start looking at things that we've too long been looking away from. And we're going to be doing this as a church in some ways that will make you feel uncomfortable. We're going to look at some of the challenges and the struggles in this world and what we can do to make a difference. We want to make, be able to make a difference for Jesus in a way that will make you want to look away. You may actually come to a Sunday and gather for worship and you're going to think, I really don't want to hear that today. But that's how we make a difference in this world. This is what it looks like for the church to be unleashed. We see people who are in need and we lean into that moment. So we see Peter and John. They look right at him. They see him and they show compassion. So here's a way that we can say that today as we're looking at unleashing the church. How do we do that? Well, unleashing the full force of the church happens when ordinary people, ordinary followers of Jesus show extraordinary compassion. That's one way that we unleash the full force of the church is that we show extraordinary compassion. As much as anything, when followers of Jesus show this compassion, it actually unleashes, unleashes the church. It makes room for the gospel when we do that. This is what happens in verse 6. Peter said this, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And after that, he got up. And we know that there was a stir and people were talking. People began to actually, because of that and seeing that, people actually began to gather around to listen to what they actually had to say about Jesus. Here's what I want you to catch, though. Their act of compassion gives the credibility and creates an opportunity. Their act of compassion gives credibility and it creates an opportunity. It gives credibility to the gospel. And it actually creates an opportunity to connect people to Jesus. And this is what we're going to be about in 2022. That we want to go out of our way to love people one at a time. Because every act of compassion, it actually gives credibility to the gospel. And it creates opportunity. I want you to listen to this. 
We will have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity this year to bring credibility and to create opportunity to connect people to Jesus. And how? Because of our compassion. And that was true for Peter and John. It wasn't really their qualifications. It wasn't. It was their compassion that actually unleashed the gospel that day. I want you to hear what happens in Acts 4. In Acts 4, verse 4, Peter's talking because of this. People are gathering and people are listening. And it says this, But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who grew, who believed, grew to about 5,000 people. And we know when they say 5,000 people, they're counting the 5,000 men, it was more likely probably 15 some odd thousand people that started to believe. You see, what we need to understand, an act of compassion here, it was followed by courageous words. So another way that we can say this, unleashing the full force of the church happens when ordinary people start speaking with courage. But what we have to understand, there's this connection between compassion and speaking with courage. I want you to note the order. Speaking did not come first. Peter had credibility to speak with courage because of the compassion that he had demonstrated. That's why people started to gather and listen. What happens next had to be scary for them. We go back up in verse 1 of chapter 4. This is what it says. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. What you have to be understand, why it might have been scary, these were the exact same people that seized, arrested, and crucified Jesus. These are the exact same people. Exact same people. Now I know for some of you, you have subscribed for a while to this idea that your faith is supposed to be just a private thing between you and God. That you don't really or should really talk about it. Here's the truth in that mentality. We no longer live in a time where that is is just not appropriate anymore. To be honest, it's unkind to not say anything. Think about it. To have a hope in Jesus. To find this peace in Jesus. And then to say, well, I don't want to make it awkward. So I'm just not going to say anything. I know it takes courage to speak up. But the days of not speaking up, they're in the past. They cannot be part of 2022 and beyond. See, it's compassion first, followed by this opportunity to speak to someone about Jesus. It's because of compassion, then we get credibility to speak courageously. In verse 7, this is what we read. It says, They brought the two disciples and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, 
We are being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man. He's essentially saying, you guys have arrested us and you're questioning us because we did something nice to somebody. We showed compassion and you're putting us on trial. Do you want to know how he was healed? Love Peter. And he says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And just in case they, were, they didn't know which Jesus he was talking about, he, he, he made it very clear, the man that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to us in the scriptures, where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Courageous, isn't it? So what do we see about Peter and John? It is this, that according to what they're saying, is that they spent time with Jesus. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result, verse 13, where we started the story, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were just mere unschooled, ordinary men. It says they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. This, this is why Jesus loves to unleash the unqualified because that's what gets noticed. It's not that these guys were super talented, it's that they spent time with him. He spent time with him. Unleashing the full force of the church happens when ordinary people spend time with Jesus. That's what gave them this compassion. That's what gave them the courage to step up and speak out. As we begin this brand new year, I know there's a lot of unwords that you can easily circle and think, this is not for me. This isn't for me. Because I just I feel maybe too uneducated or unexperienced or unworthy. But none of that is true. None of that is true because of Jesus. He makes us that way. But there is, I think, one unword that actually tends to keep us leashed. And it's the word unavailable. It's unavailable. It's amazing what God does through ordinary ordinary people as long as they are available. Remember, we looked at Mary this Christmas season. God didn't pick her because of her ability, remember? He picked her because of her availability. She was available. It wasn't because she was super talented or qualified or had the ability to take all this on. He picked her because she was available. And I believe us being unavailable is the biggest thing that keeps us leashed. It's amazing what God can do when we just say, God, here I am. I'm available. It's a scary statement. But he will use you in ways that you never imagined or dreamed if you just make yourself available. It's being unavailable that actually keeps us oftentimes leashed. So my challenge for you today is this. Lose the leash. Lose the leash. Let's come together and be united as the church body. My prayer for you is that God would just unleash 
the full force of this church for us to love people one at a time. My prayer, my hope is that you will join us as we just become unleashed this year. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you, you love to unleash the ordinary people. Because that's really what takes, gets people's attention. That's what gets noticed. And because of that, we get the credibility to now speak out and to speak about the gospel, to speak about you, to create the opportunities to, to, to connect people to Jesus. Lord, we want to be difference makers this coming year and beyond. And we know the reason maybe we haven't to the, to the ability that you want us to be is because we've just we've kept us, ourselves leashed. In, in many different ways. I pray that this year, right now today, that we make that bold statement saying, God, I am available for you to use me. Use me however you see fit so I can advance the gospel and connect people to you. So Lord, I pray that you help us with that. I know that it's scary. It's uncomfortable because we don't know what you will call us to. But Lord, we can do this because of you and your son. Your son makes us qualified. It's because of your son that we can do this stuff. So I pray that this year, right now, today, as the church body, we will gather together in unity and, and allow you to unleash the full force of this church into this community. Or we look forward to the opportunities that you will present to us, the doors that will be opened, the opportunities for us to show compassion, to speak out and to change this world. We look forward with great anticipation of what that will look like this year. We pray all of this in your name. Amen.